Welcome to the Mark Staley Music Podcast. This podcast is an audio journal of my guests and I's adventures throughout the live and local music biz. Fun conversations, cool tunes, and good times will be had. My name is Mark Staley, and I'm a 15-plus year veteran of the Twin Cities, Minnesota metro music scene. Check me out at Mark Staley, that's S-T-A-R-Y, music.net. Also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of my original music is available for download on iTunes, CD Baby, and most other places you get your music online. This podcast drops every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. If you enjoy it, please subscribe on iTunes. It's totally free and guarantees you'll never miss an episode. Got an extra buck or two? You wouldn't mind tossing in the podcast tip jar? Please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Music Podcast. Also, considering helping get the word out on the street via social media, five-star rating and review on iTunes, and or tell a friend or two. Happy Thought of the Day is by Muddy Waters. I rambled all the time. I would just like that, like a rolling stone. Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Enjoy! Welcome back to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast, episode 234. Please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distilleries, ID Chrysler Pine City, The B-Dale Club, and Canine Inspired Change. Also, thanks to all the folks who contribute to this podcast on Patreon.com. Coming at you in a beautiful spring day here in quarantine in St. Paul, Minnesota. This podcast coming up here was recorded before the stay-in-place order, just an FYI. Live at 6.05 on Wednesday and Saturday went awesome. I did 1990s songs on Wednesday and 1960s songs on Saturday. Can't thank people enough for the request, donations, and tuning in. Upcoming shows. Going to be doing live at 6.05 this Wednesday and Saturday. Hope you all tune in. Is part one of two with Minnesota harmonica great J. Walter Wilkins. We discuss harp playing techniques, Little Walter, his new album, and more. Enjoy the conversation. I don't want those transistors, none of that side state. You know, I'm right, Jay Walter Wilkins, welcome to the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. How are you doing today there, Jay? I'm doing well, thank you. And we, uh, Jay braved the quarantine to come over and do a <laughs> podcast here about his new CD, Rectification. We are six feet apart. And we see. are, we did, Jay sanitized the table. I cleaned the table too with 409 beforehand, and I'm not feeling sick, you're not feeling sick, we're good. It's less than 10 people here, it's Jay, myself. A dog and then a cat will come down. So I think we're we're pretty good. I think we're safe. Yeah. And uh, so we're in my basement here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Haven't done one down here in a while. And uh, Jay had mentioned I do have this AWA World Champions poster down here, which as listeners of the podcast would not be surprised. <laughs> and I got it from Greg and Sherry Sales from Breezy Point, Minnesota. And you're telling us telling me a story about where you met. Vern Gagne. Oh, yeah. I met Vern Gagne down at the Calhoun Beach Manor right after uh, one of his wrestling matches. Early 1950s, guys like myself, I think Pat O'Connor, Wilbur Snyder, Dick the Bruiser, Killer Kowalski, changed that trend of all the hype in those days and brought wrestling back to wrestling. 
And I saw Mel Jass's desk sitting over there, too. I don't know if anybody remembers those that show, but it came from the same studio. But anyway, yeah, I, uh, one of the, my dad's uh, colleagues knew him very well. They had wrestled together at the really? U. Yeah. In college, and uh, his name was Garth Lappin, and uh, so he was able to get us tickets for the show, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, got us to, you know, be introduced to Vern, and uh, I think Marty O'Neill was hanging around too. Okay, <laughs> that's awesome, man. You know, I always love the pro wrestling thing. I got a my friend Jimmy Lindbergh, who owns uh, Eagle Lounge, where we play in Wisconsin, gave me a business card from Nick Bockwinkel. Oh, yeah? Him is sure. sitting oh, right yeah. in the corner there. Definitely. So I like the old wrestling stuff. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't into it or not into it as much as you are, apparently. <laughs> but I remember it was always on at home at 6 o'clock, I think it was. 6.05. Yeah, that's what it is, at 6.05. Um, well, thanks, Jay, for coming on over. Well, my and, pleasure. Thanks for and, having uh, me. And how's your life been since all this self-quarantining and all this stuff? Man? Well, I'm really lucky because uh, I'm retired, and so I don't have a job to go to and I have a decent pension that's coming in and I'm just feel really fortunate basically you know relative to people that are in the service industry especially but so many different things that are shutting down and it's it's crazy yeah, yeah. so I'm I, we're surviving very well and uh my wife and I are both retired school teachers and so uh I was just thinking about maybe uh volunteering when they go online you know when the kids come back to school uh, they might need some like study groups and stuff like that i might be able to volunteer a little bit doing some things like that with uh you know coordinating with former colleagues that i used to work with so i think anyway. you should yeah well i'd be I'm bored you know who isn't <laughs> you know right you may, may as well do something that you can uh, contribute a little bit anyway yeah i try to make the best of it yeah we lost all our gigs yeah. And we lost all our, so Jay met Copper the Wonder Golden, and Copper's been cooped up here for a while. Jay Walter and the Rectifiers, he's got a new record out called Rectification. You just bring it to the master right now, yeah, right? Yeah, this afternoon. I'm going to the shop to deliver it. Yep. Nice. Um, so a little bit about you. You're a front man and blues harmonica player on the Twin Cities. So how long have you been doing that for? Uh, you know, I should have thought of some of these basic questions about 30 years or so as a yeah. front guy playing in blues bands and then in garage bands and basement bands and all that stuff okay. since my i kind of came to it late you know after college actually really that's probably uh you know early 20s before i really started playing at all okay yeah and so and so I was just upstairs waiting for you, and I was watching an Adam Gusso video uh-huh. about triple tonguing tongue block stuff. Yeah, yeah. In the day of internet, it's easier to learn harmonica techniques yeah, because was, mm-hmm. because they can show you and you can slow it down. Yeah, I know. Back in the day, the old blues guys they were just secrets were kept really close to the <laughs> chest. Winning over whiskey fans with Border Bourbon every single week. Literally my favorite spring drink this year. I'm proud to be a small part of the 45th Parallel family. What they are doing for the community brewing up the hand sanitizer is incredible. 45th Parallel is a family-owned craft distillery in New Richmond, Wisconsin. They opened their doors in 2007 and went from making a single vodka to producing dozens of different spirits, including gins, whiskeys, and citrus liqueurs. 45th Parallel distillers are committed to a slow craft philosophy. Slow fermentation, slow infusion, slow distillation, slow blending, slow aging. Their mission is to create high-quality spirits using local ingredients whenever possible and to provide visitors with a great experience. Stop in and check them out at 1570 Madison Avenue, New Richmond, Wisconsin. Check 
out 45thparalleldistillery.com for hours and more information. So we're looking for quality alcoholic beverage to enjoy while listening to your favorite local musicians live on Facebook. Try a 45th Parallel Distillery product. You won't be disappointed. Please drink responsibly. How did you learn the harmonica? Well, you know, I got one, I got a harmonica first when I was like 12 years old, you know, and we were on a family vacation and out west and so forth. And I learned how to play Oh Susanna and Saints Go Marching In, you know, relatively quickly and then sat in my top drawer and I pick it up every once in a while. And then uh, in college, uh, the Blues Brother movie came out and uh, the fraternity I was in, always uh, EBC fraternity, give them a plug here. Always had the EBC Hit Parade, big, huge musical variety show on on campus. And what uh, college? Uh, uh, the uh, Harvard on the Prairie, uh, Valley City State College in Valley City, North Dakota. Okay. Now, now of course it's a university. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the the EBC Hit Parade was a big show, and uh, so we did a send up of the Blues Brothers, and I was Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> And we did Flip, Flop, and Fly, you know, off of the Blues Brothers record. And I didn't have a clue what I was doing. As a matter of fact, I didn't know anything about second position. I was playing it in first position the whole time. So I you know, just yeah. go back and listen to it. It's, ooh, shoo, you know, it's just terrible. But it was more for a comedy act anyway. So then uh, just, you know, I found playing harp at home, playing along with records, great therapy. I was a school teacher, a high school you know, social studies teacher, and it's pretty pretty stressful job so i just picked up and i started playing the records that i'd uh started purchasing and hearing and reading about in rolling stone magazine and and i just kept on doing that and jamming with some friends and you know i still didn't know what i was doing but i learned of you know second position and first position i knew the difference you know okay i started learning some of those technical things and then i got laid off in 1989 for my teaching job and at the same time, one of my old college buddies had just moved down here, and he was playing down at the Blues Saloon in the jam band with, uh, who was it, uh, Dan, uh, I think the Persuaders was the band, Dan Neal, really great guitar player. Dan Neal was in my band for like 10 years. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he's okay. one of my best friends. Oh, cool. I'll yeah. To, we'll chat about that. And uh, so I, I was able to go out to jams then. And I had an in at the Blue Saloon because I knew Mark, Mark Arneson, who was, you know, he's got a band called Mark Arneson Band with uh, Mia Dore. And they're playing all over the place. Now. I just had Diana Pierce on the podcast. Yeah, and she right. talked about Mark Arneson. So right. what's, what's his story? Well, he, he's a great musician, first of all. He plays sax, keys, and guitar, you know, exceptionally well with all of them. And uh, he, oh, he moved down here from Valley City probably 40 years ago now or something like that. And he, he gigged around town and, uh, and got a job at a church, I think, is you know, musical director at a church. And he was teaching private school band, I think, for a while. I kind of lost track of him a little bit. And, uh, and now he just... You know, he's got a recording studio, and he does lots of different recording projects and uh, plays with a lot of different people. Uh, he was uh, in Renee Austin's band, too. Uh, 
when she was playing around, <clears throat> playing around here. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Um, so I started picking up and just learning, and then I took some lessons. I actually took some lessons from Clint Hoover. Clint Hoover. Clint Hoover. I don't think he's in town anymore. He uh, gave lessons at the West Bank School of Music over on Cedar Riverside area there. And uh, how would they teach you harmonica lessons when it's in your mouth? Well, you know, it's well, it's it's the same things you see on the internet. You know, just shows you here, do it like this. You know, and but he he what we, what he really helped me out was understand how it worked. You know what uh, that where the notes were and where you could where you could draw and, and bend. You know how many notes you can get out of the three hole and the two hole. You know, and I and when I found out how to bend stuff, that was kind of obviously the kind of the turning point. And I can't even remember when that happened or how it happened. But if you want to play blues, obviously you need to be able. And to And he bend taught notes. you how to play over the chords and that kind of stuff. One, uh, four, so, five. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yep, yep, exactly. But. Um, he just gave me all kinds of tips, just basic stuff. And uh, I think I took like four lessons from him in one, at one point in time, and I wanted, and then I took another four lessons from him. And he was very helpful, you know, and he diagrammed stuff out for me and just explained a lot. Okay. So the big harmonica talk is you're either a tongue blocker or a lip purser. What are you? Well, I'm I'm primarily a, a tongue blocker, but I'm trying to learn how to purse a lot better. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent tongue block. I don't lip purse at all. I can't do any lip purse. Did you start out tongue blocking, or did you switch? Yeah. Well, I, I'm sure I started out pursing, or puckering, or whatever you want to call it. You know, back in the way back. Um, but I don't. I that's all I can remember is always tongue blocking. Riding around the empty streets of St. Paul making a food run or an essential trip has been interesting to say the least. Watching the spring sun shine off Como Lake reminds me of summertime and makes these trips around town more enjoyable while in my black Jeep Cherokee I got from ID Chrysler Pine City, Minnesota. With 250,000 miles, my old car was just too much for the poor thing to take. I found myself looking for my new dream ride at ID Chrysler Pine City, and the staff could have been more helpful with me choosing a vehicle and willing to work with my, as I call it, musician's credit score. Their philosophy is simple, time-saving, hassle-free, fair price. Check out the inventory at idcdjr.com or take the beautiful drive up 35 to 715 Northridge Court Northwest, Pine City, Minnesota, to visit them in person. Business hours are Monday through Thursday, 8 to 6 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 8 to 5 p.m. Closed on Sundays. Check out ID Chrysler Pine City today and enjoy a safe winter season full of adventures and memories out in the open road in a new ride. When I started out doing the Bob Dylan, Neil Young style, just first position, which people would know, I got a harmonica in my pocket. So, like, just you'd know, like, first position, just blowing in it, like, kind of folky sounding. Mm -hmm. And then second position is when you... It's mostly draw notes. Those right? are on the bottom end is yeah, where you get all the bends. Yeah, it's mostly draw notes yeah. where you're sucking in, and it makes switches at a key. So I'm actually in, I play a half step down a lot, so this is actually, the harmonic is an A flat, mm -hmm. but I'm actually going to play it in E flat, which is how I tune my guitar, and that'd be more. Yeah. So if you pull it, like pull in the notes, it kind of yeah. makes it sound just for folks that listen that might sure. not know what first or second position is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then a tongue blocking, 
So there's kind of a battle back and forth what people do with the tongue blockers or lip purses. Well, I, I probably the best players probably do both, you know. One of the things about pursing is you can get different tonal varieties because you can move your tongue around in your mouth. You can also, you know, like, uh, double tongue, you know, da 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 you know, it gets to quick staccato notes and triplets and stuff like that. Um, and, it, you know, I, I'm just not adapt at it. I can, I do it as much as I remember to, but I, I'm, I'm always default to tongue blocking, you know. <laughs> at home when I'm practicing, I try to play the same songs pursing, you know, that I do. Really? I try, you know, but I, I'm not very good at it, and I miss all kinds of stuff, you know. I, I miss holes, and I miss notes, you know. I mean, you want to hit a bend note, you know, on the bend and not, you know, you know not bend down to it. Uh, that's that's hard. And then I also find that my embouchure gets tired real fast because you're using different muscles, you know. Yeah, when you tongue block, you don't really, I say, describe it, you don't really use any of your mouth muscles. It's all like your 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 tongue and then your, like, diaphragm. Yeah. I, don't, I don't use a lot of, like, my face doesn't get too tired. But when you're lip pursing, it uses your all your face yeah, muscles. And yeah. it just gets, I get exhausted. You well, know? I, I do too. I mean, but if you would, you know, just like, tongue blocking you're used to that and yeah. you're, if you use those muscles all the time they you know you'd get muscle memory and all those kinds of things you know, i spent so much time learning how to tongue block that i'll never lip purse ever again no matter <laughs> what and the old blues guys that i love tongue blockers all the way i think yeah well uh who's some know, who's some of your blues influences or harmonic influences well the same as probably everybody that plays blues harp you know the walters and little walter big walter any particular um, songs by those guys that settle off for you? Mm, yeah, Just Your Fool. Little Walter's Just Your Fool. I always liked that. I've always played that for a long time. Probably one of the first Little Walter songs I ever learned. Did you ever learn Juke? Yeah, I try, you know, but not not to exact notes but yeah, I, I, I can it. i can do the patterns or you know in, in order i haven't played it for a long time i do a shake dancer i still play shake dancer quite a bit i think juke has got the most famous riff yeah it riff. is and i just just picked it up recently that you blow the one instead of sucking the one on the bottom. So, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's a famous blues riff. It's probably one of the most famous, yeah. And that's that song, you know, yeah. is the one that, is that, that first broke uh, Little Walter. He was playing with uh, Muddy's band at the time, and, and they, they used that as a break song, I understand. I read about it in uh, a Muddy Waters book I, I read. And uh, it became a hit, you know, and... And isn't he the first one to pl- ever play harmonica electric, like through an, a microphone and an amp and stuff? Well, one of the first. It's kind of hard to nail down, you know, who did that first. I think Snooky Pryor uh, claims credit for it, and maybe Big Walter too. You know, I, th- you know, it's just like anything, anything that happens and is cool or whatever. You know, somebody does it first, and then right away, a whole bunch of people are doing it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Unless it's documented in some way, you know, about who did it first. There's, you know, myth and argument about it, probably. So do you play with a with a bullet microphone? A bullet microphone is like a, yeah. a handheld harmonica microphone. I've tried it, and I, I screw up because I can't get all my high stuff in there because it gets in the way of my hands. Well, did you watch any of the uh, Internet stuff about grip? 
not with that. I don't no, know. You know, that's one of the things after I retired, I I had some time, you know, time and space. <laughs> and uh, so I started going on uh, checking stuff out on the Internet and YouTube stuff just kind of blew my mind. You know, all the harmonica stuff that's on there. Anything you want to know. Yeah. You can see it and hear it, you know, uh, maintaining, you know, fixing, repairing. You can repair harmonicas? I try, yeah. I bought a bunch of tools, you know. Oh, wow. I just blew out an A regular that, that I got to... I just buy new ones. Well, that's, garbage. that's what I... Well, I probably got a couple hundred old harmonicas. I, I, can't, yeah. I just can't throw them away. <laughs> and what kind of... What brand of harmonica do you play? Well, I've been playing Honer all these years, and um, for a while I played Golden Melodies because I liked the feel of them and the rounded ends, and the holes were just a little bit bigger, I think. Um... But then I went to Special 20s, and I've been playing pretty much Special 20s all the time. Oh, my God. I play Honer Special 20s, too. Yeah, a lot of people do, I think. You know, And, uh, I, and I'm also uh, s- switching over slowly, I think, to uh, Lee Oscars. I want to tell you all one of my favorite bars in the Roseville slash St. Paul, Minnesota area. The B-Dale Club, located on the corner of Counter Road B, and Dale's motto is a place for family, a place for friends, a place for fun. And that is a fact. The food at T-Bird's Cafe and Takeaway is always spectacular. Ran into Tommy Lee at Target the other day, and while we social distanced, he said that JT may open up the B-Dale for takeout food. That would be awesome. Rob, Natalie, and Shelly, and the entire bar staff are all state-of-the-art cocktail wizards. I've been told that they're being talked about in these podcast ads. The Waller's Woodhill Cocktails. We're selling like hotcakes. Karaoke, live music, pool table, pull tabs, bingo nights, bocce ball tournaments, and much, much more B-Dale's got it all. Stop by for a cold one when Minnesota bars are back open. Really? Yeah, they're uh, easier to work on, and you can buy just the... Um uh, relatively cheaply, just the reed plates, so you don't have to buy an entire new harmonica. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they're like twelve bucks or something like that. Wow, these are like sixty a piece. Yeah, I know. Something. I got to order another one. Well, I love them though. I get, I get them for uh, go to Mister Mark's Music in Anoka. <laughs> He'll give you a better deal than sixty bucks, I think. Really? Yeah. I might have to do that. I usually play harmonica, just straight acoustic, I guess you would call it, mm-hmm. where I blow it like right in the microphone. Because I play a lot of just simple acoustic gigs. I tried bringing amps around, and I could never find my sound or whatever. So I just decided to do what Sonny Boy Williamson would do mm-hmm. and Sonny Terry. Mm-hmm. Actually, Big Walter quite a bit, too. And uh, just blow it right into the microphone and say the hell with it. Yeah. Um... So how did you develop your, your work with an amplifier? Well, over time, first of all, you got to have a decent amplifier. You know, you, can, you have to get a tube amplifier. You can't really play through a solid-state amplifier and get a decent tone. A uh, microphone is a big deal, too. Uh, what course, amp do you play with? I have a uh, 58 basement reissue. Or is it 59? I don't know. It's a basement reissue, four tens. And, uh, that, and I also have an old um, Gibsonette, early 60s. But um, the microphone's important, and that grip. Um, the deal is, you want to seal, seal everything so you can't no air can get out of your hands. That's the that's the optimum kind of thing. And I mean, it's uh, going a little bit too far because you got to have some airflow. But to keep that the harp, uh, the bullet, and the harmonica kind of sealed with your finger over 
the holes that are left so air can't get in and out other than what you're doing with your mouth. So you're covering like the other end of the harmonica, like the holes and everything? Well, on the right-hand side, here, I got one too. <laughs> well, I thought I'd bring one away. Well, harmonica players, we always have to have this shit on us. So you got to have the, you know, this is the obviously the proper grip. Yeah. And then try to, you know, seal it up as much as possible. When you play, you always have your thumb over the one end, at least cover some of those really, holes. Really, you cover it, yeah. Yeah, and then I think what's really, some people... Some people have commented about my tone has improved, you know, or, you know, harp players, friends of mine. And um, part of it is the microphone I have. I got it from Greg Human. Um, it's called a Bulletini. It's a smaller bullet than your standard bullet. But the, and he makes uh, a custom-made element, and it just sounds great. He also makes wooden, bigger, uh, turns wooden microphones uh, into bullet shapes and paints them and he puts in his element and all that stuff that are... He's on the internet. I'll uh, give you some more information about him. Okay. But anyway, um, and then what I think I've been doing too is starting to seal because I'm starting to play a little bit out of the side of my mouth. So I seal some of these holes with my cheek. A little really? bit. Uh, the corner of my mouth, yeah. And then keeping this tight so you get as little air moving through as possible because then it's all concentrated on the reeds or more of it is concentrated on the reeds and it's not escaping out here or on the other end. So I'm kind of doing that nowadays. Okay. That sounds great. Absolutely sounds great. Um, So your amplifier tones... Guys, what's some of your, like, like if you're going to set your amplifier up, you're going to play harmonica through it, who's some guys you would listen to you think have a good tone? Would, like, like Charlie Musselwhite be one of your guys? Oh, all those guys have good tone. I mean, some of it might be a little bit different. You know, like James Harmon's tone, his sound. cool but it's a lot different than like kim wilson's or something like that or rod piazza or something like that my life took a good turn when copper the wonder gold and i became part of canine inspired change all the heartwarming and memorable experiences we've gained from doing therapy dog work can't be counted or put into words canine inspired change is a non-profit organization dedicated to giving vulnerable youth the social emotional tools they need to be active participants in their schools and their communities. Our work helps these remarkable young people transcend trauma, social struggles, and isolation by sparking meaningful connections with dogs, volunteers, and each other. If you are interested in giving back to the community with your dog or contributing to this worthwhile nonprofit organization, please look at the Canine Inspired Change at canineinspiredchange.org. He plays through a different amplifier, I'm sure, and the, and the microphone has it. But there's also, you know, it comes from within, obviously. Yeah. You know, um, you know, a local guy that's not around anymore, uh, R.J. Michaud, God, he's got great tone. Wonderful. I mean, I've heard, uh, like, Rick Estrin comment about, uh, you know, this, this Michaud guy. He's got this great tone kind of thing, you know. 
for people that don't know who Rick Estrin is, he's one of my favorite harmonica players of all time. He just lost Charlie Beatty. Uh, the yeah. Charlie, little Charlie and the Night Nightcats yeah. is one of my favorite blues bands. But now I'm back. especially for harmonic and cool jazzy guitar parts. And Charlie Beatty just passed away. This will come out in a few weeks. So just a couple weeks ago, I'd yeah, say. Yeah. And Rick Estrin's just one of my favorites. And one of my favorite songs is his. His is, oh, I got him. He's kind of more funny, you know. He writes a and, lot of uh, good songs. Back from the Dead is my favorite oh, one. I'm not familiar with that one, I guess. Back from the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a good sense of humor. He actually played through my amplifier one time. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah, I got a call. Uh, they were playing at Famous Dave's, and uh, uh, who was uh, booking the place then? Um, oh, he plays at Shaw's now on Thursday afternoons. Oh, well, he, it'll come back to me. Um, yeah, he needed an amp. He's, uh, Rick Estrin needed an amp. I think they flew in for the gig or something like that, and he wanted a basement. And so uh, the, the booker was calling around harp players that he knew and he called a friend of mine who didn't have one but knew that I had one so gave him his, my name and so I, yeah I chatted with him talked with him for a while and he played the, through my amp for the whole gig you know and we got a free dinner out of the deal and <laughs> it was a lot of a lot of fun did you get to chat with him and stuff just a little bit yeah you know he's got an interesting you know he plays uh the Sony boy did this too and probably other people do but uh you know he can play you know you like a cigar you know I can hardly make a noise out of it. I can't do that. I don't he know. He plays a whole song, you know. You know, and so I asked him how how'd you learn how to do that? And he I better not tell you the story because it's a little randy. <laughs> 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 we better keep it clean a little bit. But it was an interesting story. I learned a lot from Rick Estrin. In fact, I bought his DVD on how to how to like and I learned a lot from it. As far as soloing goes, it's like it's more for like advanced players. It's not like straight for beginning stuff. It's more like how to diversify your solos and your playing. So mm -hmm. you're playing a lick, and then if you play it again, add another little note. Then you can play it a little more dirty. Then play it clean. It's like a lot of different variances that he uses a lot. And he breaks up every scene with a different dancer from a strip club. <laughs> so he films it, and, he, and it's these dancers behind him. And then the next thing he stops, there's a different dancer. He's in a different room in the strip club. <laughs> so his whole world is all just, you know, that comic book uh, uh -huh. sex stuff blues guy. <laughs> I always do a story behind the song segment there, Jay. Yeah. And on your new re album, Rectification, I've been listening to it for the last week or two. Uh, can we talk about this? Can you tell me the story behind the song? I like so many of the songs off here. Okay, a hitch in '94 about meeting uh, Tommy Kramer, and that yeah. I, one of thing I liked about it. We'll talk about this the next episode. Is that you did so much lyrical? It was the, it was so like sometimes blues lyrics are just kind of the shits, you know. Well, and you you lot. added some really unique twist to the, to the standard blues outline, and I thought of especially that first half of the album, I really loved like the lyrics. And is it called Hitch in '94? Yeah. Yep. You mind telling the, the the story behind that song, and I'll play it at the end of this episode? Sure. Uh, I used to do a lot of hitchhiking, you know, and you don't see too many people doing that anymore, but I went to school up in Valley City, North Dakota, and so I'd oftentimes hitchhike back and forth, and most of it was on, on in, in, uh, Interstate 94, of course. I had to get off at Monticello and go over to 10 or whatever, but uh, and 
and I hitchhiked a lot of places, uh, not just up there, but it was a mode of transportation and uh, met a lot of interesting or funky people, (laughs) 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 to quote the song lyric. And uh, all of those stories uh, that are on there, I think there's like four different stories of being picked up by interesting people. They all have an element of truth to them. Really? <laughs> yeah. A friend of Tommy Kramer's did pick me up, and he was driving a, I remember, uh, Mercedes, a convertible Mercedes. His family owned a furniture store in Fargo, so he was he was uh, pretty wealthy, and uh, apparently, and he, you know, we started talking Vikings and whatever, you know, and he said, yeah, I know Tommy Kramer. I used to hang out with him down on the 494 Strip. Oh, and so he told me some interesting stories about <laughs> Tommy Kramer. I mean, uh, that was true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's, uh, uh, well, I, you know, and they're embellished a little bit, too. I think I have uh, when the porn salesman stops to pick me up uh, driving a Volkswagen Bug. A Volkswagen Bug did pick me up, me and my buddy, as a matter of fact, together in a little, you know, it's a probably mid-60s volkswagen beetle and so uh he was drinking warm old milwaukee <laughs> i like that line <laughs> and he stuck him down a hole in the glove box and they landed in the trunk <laughs> that well, that one was true he wasn't a porn salesman but <laughs> i just added that because it sounded kind of cool how to fit how to put those stories in a blues <laughs> outline is is pretty incredible well, he, that guy also i remember he reached down to the side of it as soon as we got in and he pulled up, if you guys think you're smart or something, I got this. And he had a hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> you guys going to get smart with me or something like that. So don't worry about it. Me, but, uh, <laughs> oh, God. That's uh, awesome. All right, Jay Walter Wilkins of Jay Walter and the Rectifiers. Got a new CD rectification coming out here. Thanks for being on the Mark Stare Music Podcast. Please tune in next week for for tuning in to this week's edition of the Mark Sterry Music Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the program. We'll see you back here for new podcasts about life and times in the live and local music scene each and every Tuesday, if not before, on iTunes, SoundCloud, and most other places podcasts are available. Again, please support this week's sponsors, 45th Parallel Distillery, ID Chrysler Pine City, The B-Dale Club, and K9 Inspired Change. This is also a listener-supported podcast, so if you'd like to get on board, please visit patreon.com forward slash Mark Sterry Music Podcast. If you enjoyed some of the musical edits on this show, Show, please head on over to your local record store or do some digging in iTunes and load up on some new songs. Also, if you get a chance, please go check out some live music somewhere. It could be a great and worthwhile experience. Life is short. Go have some fun. Till next time.
drinking warm old Milwaukee, getting his chug of love. Put the empty down a hole in the glove box, they landed in the trunk, you know, he was marked like a box. And the bombshell picked me up. Oh.